We welcome you to episode 15 of Batten and Chatting here on the Eastern Observer alongside Nicholas File and Dennis Tui. I'm Brandon Italian. Now, before we get started, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube to be kept in the loop on everything Eastern Observer. And most importantly, Batten and Chatting now show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts can be found. Now, our show is presented to you by Black Cats NYC. Be sure to download their newest hit single, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us which can be found wherever music is found, whether that's Spotify, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and many others. Now, um, what is up, everybody? How's everybody doing today on this fine Wednesday night? Doing good, Brandon. Just had my first fantasy football draft, redraft of the year. And episode 15, boys, that's almost a full football season right there. 15 weeks. It's crazy. Time's Mm. flying. I'm doing good, though. Yankees just won. Uh, a lot of good Yankee news. A lot of exciting uh, future eras coming about in the Bronx. So I'm having a good day, man. Okay. All good news coming out of the Bronx. Can't be mad about that. As for the Dennis' personal life, doing pretty good. Getting ready to go to the Outer Banks this weekend. Nice. With the homies. Nice. Just okay. Hang out. So monitoring. There's some kind of a hurricane down there right now. Yeah. Right. Monitoring that, but. Hopefully everyone yeah. in the South United States and that area affected by it. Hopefully everyone's all right. Everyone stays safe. Yeah. I saw. I yes, don't know if you guys definitely. saw this, and I don't want to derail it, but um, I saw Smashing Pumpkins is playing at Jones Beach today. Yeah, my the friends pit, there. Actually, uh, yeah. The pit at the Smashing Pumpkins concert at Jones Beach Theater, Nikon Theater, whatever it's called, is yeah. flooded from the yeah, water. So the that. stadium, the arena is right on the water, so the pit is flooding. Is it like I ankle deep right well, now, or knee deep or whatever? I think it's like ankle uh, deep. Right? I saw the video oh. on Instagram and it was kind of high up. The video was. Yeah. It looked about like ankle deep. Wow, that sucks. I like smashing pumpkins too. I mean, really? yeah, good band. Didn't good expect band. that. You, don't you know, if I was offered, yeah, I definitely I would have considered seeing them. I don't know, like I, they have a lot of good songs, but obviously the one song that Who Wants Honey. I know y'all. Come on, I know you guys know that song. I know, nineteen seventy nine. Yes, uh, thanks. Despite all my rage, I am oh, still yeah, just yeah. a rat in a cage. Yeah, that, that, that one's good. That one's good. But anyway, this ain't MTV. This is the Bad and <laughs> Chad and Show here on Eastern Observer. Yes, see, I'm getting better at that. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, um, you know, we'll talk about the Yankees first. So, a lot of going on in the Yankees world. So, um, as you can see, so Harrison Bader was just placed on waivers. The Yankees chose to keep him in hopes of making a playoff run. But obviously, that didn't happen as the Yankees are now Below 500, if I'm correct, fellas, and they're, I know they're definitely way out of the playoff spot. They're just yeah. This was what a lot of Yankee fans have been saying since really the trade deadline. The Yankees finally officially raised the white flag and are kind of punting on the rest of the season. And we'll get to it in a bit. Calling up the younger guys. This is kind of like a, a prelude to spring training right now for them. And yeah. um, first, it was Donaldson was the first domino to fall. Now Harrison Bader. I'm not sure. We'll get into like where guys are going to go for you know waivers in a bit, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where he goes. I think the Reds would probably be a good spot for him. Uh, there's right. third worst and outs above average for center field this year, so he kind of just slides right in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bader came over to the Yankees after last year's deadline as he was sent over. From the Cardinals for Jordan Montgomery, which shocked a lot of people. I know Bader was injured too around that time, but ended up paying off a little bit for the Yankees in a way. I mean, he was above average player, you know, great defensive player. I mean, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. 
uh, beta registered 0.242-279-370 stat line with seven home runs and 37 RBIs in the 82 games he played. Prior to his release, though, he was 5.45 um, over the past 14 games. Oh, nice. When the Mets are doing – oh, nice. Wow, the Mets just got, got yeah. a nice double play. I don't know if you guys heard about that. It makes sense for the Yankees, though, um, for sure. It, it's, it's the youth movement right now. Um, that's – you know, I think this whole 2023 season, I think it was actually a needed season for his organization. I think it was the needed season. Like, I think the, for the long game, this is the season that we needed. Uh, look, love Bader, man. Uh, he always provided that spark, especially in the playoffs. That guy was just freaking packed, filled of energy. Great defensive player, uh, had some big time hits, but I think it's the right call. It's the right time to move on. It just doesn't fit the timeline anymore. Timeline has got reset a couple of years, which is fine, especially with the farm right. system that we got. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the memories, Bader. You know he'd be chilling Madison Square Garden, showing New York love. Awesome dude. Hopefully, you know, like Dennis said, maybe a team in the hunt picks him up. Maybe gets a rain out of it. You know, it could be a win win for him. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Dennis, anything else before we talk about um, a Yankee favorite, Josh Donaldson? Yeah, I, I think it's just important to um, talk about kind of how the um, the waiver process works, which okay, is yeah, if uh, it, so the waiver order is done by reverse winning percentage. So what that means is the A's have are top in the waiver order, and I guess the Braves would be 30th. And um, so the order it goes in is fixed. Unlike fantasy sports where it shifts after you use your waiver claim, you shift to the back, it's fixed. And it just stays that way. To the best of my ability, that seems to be what it is. I was looking into it earlier. I saw a bunch of different things. The rules keep changing on it. And unlike previous seasons, this season, I think they started doing this in 2019 or 20, the – you used to be able to file the waiver player, so place Harrison Bader on waivers, and then you can accept trades on that player, kind of adding almost an extra month to the trade down, post-trade deadline for trades to be done, and uh, they stopped doing that. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see where Harrison Bader, Josh Donaldson, and other players will get to soon, where they fit into all that with these rules, because now suddenly – Teams that kind of seemed like their ship was sinking. Uh, the Marlins or the Reds obviously will get to Spencer Steer's injury in a bit. You know, those teams that kind of are starting to sink, they can almost have a second chance at life now with yeah. the, the waiver rules. You say that 10 times fast. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bader is one of the first names to go. If the player is claimed. September by September 1st, they are playoff eligible. If they're not claimed okay. by September 1st or after September 1st, rather, then they're not playoff eligible. Okay. Well, obviously, they got some, they got some time between, let's say today's the 30th. So, obviously, they got time between tomorrow and, yeah, so really tomorrow, I guess. And, uh, yeah. So, um, there goes Harrison Bader's time in New York. You know, I know a lot of Yankee fans love him. You guys described it. You know, even though he was here for a short time, he definitely made an impact here for the Bronx Bombers and for the Bleacher Creatures and just Yankee Nation in general. Now, a player um, that is, you know, 
certainly has made impacts for on the Yankees. Now, Josh Donaldson, he was another player, like you guys said earlier before, it was placed on waivers. Now, he only hit 142 behind the plate. I did witness some of his hits, actually, in person wow. and on TV. I know, right? You play a lot now, of I feel like, Now, before we get into the topic, I feel like he, he gets – I understand. Look, I get it. I've seen – as a Met fan, I've seen players who've – you know, have played like a Josh Donaldson level. I feel like he gets a lot of hate because, like, I remember when Josh Donaldson was the guy in 2015. He he was insane. I know you guys can attest to it. Like, man was like, you know, he was him. Because I remember when he got traded from Oakland to Toronto and his MVP year, that Toronto Blue Jays team in 2015, that was electric. And I remember Josh Donaldson was the headliner of that. So now, now getting into topic, um, I guess in a way, how relieved. Should Yankee fans be that Josh Donaldson has finally been released by the Yankees? I think it definitely. Uh, I mean, with how the season went, I think it's less. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Less significant, I guess, that Donaldson isn't here. It's not like we're on the playoff team, you know, and Donaldson's going to be a bat in the playoffs for every, right. you know, every game. So I think with the season that we have, it's a lost season. So I, I really don't think that too much of a burden is lifted off of Yankee fan shoulders. It, again, it's like I said, with Bader, it's an expiring contract. It's a much older player, 37 year old third baseman. Who's not hitting too well. You know, once the Yankees called up uh, Pereira and Peraza again, I knew for a fact, I was like, there's no point in bringing Donaldson back. There's, there's just no point in bringing him. Like the might just buy him out, which is, you know, eventually what happened. You know, they, Seven to waivers. Um, again, it it just it just makes sense. He doesn't fit the timeline. Thirty-seven year old guy plays the hot corner. His career is on the you know the twilight years of his career. It's the youth movement, man. That's it. It's you know it was a it was a rough it was a rough time having Donaldson. Yeah, but hey, I think it's it's whatever. He's gone now. See what the uh, okay. the kids can do. Okay. Josh Donaldson's time with the Yankees was clearly bad. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Mm, okay. For the amount of money, about $18 million a year for a defensive first third baseman, which is what he ultimately became, as elite as the defense was, it just was never worth it. And yeah. that's kind of what you know turned a lot of fans off. It was that money could have gone elsewhere. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, it's not like the guy didn't try. It's not like the guy didn't try. That's the way it is. Yeah. And his batting average wasn't good. He couldn't get the right. ball in play. He struggled a lot. His first game as a New York Yankee, you guys remember, I think it was against the Red Sox, wasn't he? He had a walk-off? It was opening yeah. day last opening year. Day. It was definitely the home yeah. opener. Yeah. Yeah. And he hit a walk-off to end it and, um, and to win them the game. And everybody's like, oh, I can't wait. And he just did nothing after that offensively. Yeah. And that's always kind of held them back. One thing I do have to say, though, that I've been seeing make the rounds, there are people kind of clowning Brian Cashman for when he once said that he loved, you know, he loved Gio, yeah. but he's not Josh oh, Donaldson. It's I like, saw that. Hey, let's stop at the revisionist history. Gio Urshela has sucked since he's left the Yankees. He can't play. Defensively, he's still good, but offensively, he's nothing to write home about. And I get that he's a lot cheaper than Josh Donaldson. But it wasn't just Josh Donaldson in that trade. It was also IKF and Ben Rortvet and other things too. And listen, I hate having to keep defending Brian Cashman, 
But I also feel like people are harping way too much on the Donaldson thing. Like it didn't work. There's been a lot of other decisions over the years that haven't worked. But at the end of the day, uh, they you can't say they didn't go for it. We're looking at teams, and we're going to talk to a, about a team with the Angels that waited too late to go for it, and now they have to pay the prices, as do a lot of other teams. At least they right. went for it. So I respect Josh Donaldson in that regard. And I also respect, unlike other players, he never took it out on the fans. He never I yeah. don't recall him ever saying anything bad about the fans. And he was treated like garbage, booed relentlessly, yeah. constantly. That's and what I mean. Always yeah. just kept a, a stiff upper lip. And by the way, what Brandon was saying about when he was an MVP in Toronto, my gosh, I think people forget he was legitimately the best third baseman in baseball at the time. In those oh, yeah. open years and Toronto years, he was incredible. The bringer of rain. How could you forget what he did yeah. in 15 and 16 ALDS? And, you know, with Donaldson at the time of that trade, you know, that was 2022. So, like, yeah. just a cu- couple years before that, 2019 with uh, the Braves. He had a monster year. 37 yeah. home runs, 90 RBIs, you know. So, we thought we were maybe going to get something like that. It just didn't work out. And another thing with the Donaldson trade is it really, I think it's an underrated part of the whole scenario. You know, Gary Sanchez is part of that deal too, whatever. And, you know, we're not missing much there either. He's got the pop, but like he's still bad and below 220 and stuff, a low OBP. But I feel like that really did, and we'll get into more of this later, but that opened the door for Austin Wells, man, to come up. I feel like that was a good, uh, you know, kind of dump right there in that trade as well. So like you said, yeah. Dennis, I got to agree with you. It's not the worst trade by any means. It's not, it's not fire cashman type trades. I, I, I definitely agree yeah. with your and, uh, statement on there. And not only that, like I, I, we, I went into this in detail last week, so I'm not doing it again. But uh, come on. This is sports economics. We know how it works. If you want our player, you're going to have to take on a bad contract. It's worked that way for 100 years. And guess what, guys? It's going to work that way for 100, at least 100 more. Yeah. It just is the way it is. So, okay. yeah, I mean, congratulations to him on his time with the Yankees. Whatever, if he's happy, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, like they say, like they said, if you if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you if you can make it as a Yankee, whether it's whether it's a an at bat, an inning, a game, a whole month, a season, he he made it through as long as he did. So give him credit, you know. So Josh Donaldson definitely deserves a round of applause, some credit. You know, thank you, fellas. <laughs> thank you, fellas. So, yeah, uh, and credit to Josh Donaldson for him. And well said, Dennis, what you said. Because, yes, Josh Donaldson was professional, respectful, never took anything out on the fans, so credit to him for that. All right. Now, um, as talks have been heating up that the Yankees might call up the Martian, Jason, Jason Dominguez. Did I say his name correct? Yeah. Jason Dominguez, yep. Dominguez, yep. As discussion, discussions have reached as higher as owner Ohio Steinbrenner, according to the Athletics' Brandon Cuddy. Now, Dominguez is the Yankees' number two prospect behind the outfielder Spencer Jones, according to MLB.com. Now, fellas, I have to ask, should the Yankees bring over the Martian over from Mars to the Bronx as the season is winding down? Why does this make sense to call him up now? Well, Brandon, you don't have to ask because it's happening. I believe Friday, him and Austin Wells are getting the call up. And hell yeah, dude. I mean, like, look, it's a lost season. Dude. Yankees just need to get the recipe for this Braves and Orioles formula they got cooking up over there, man. Call up these young guys. Like Dennis said earlier in the show, this is kind of their spring train a little bit, a little extra time. 
seen some major league pitching. Get them the at bats. Jason will probably be up 2024 opening day now, you know, and he could be a stud off the gate, kind of like how Acuna was, Soto was when they came up when they were 20 years old. This this kid, Jason Dominguez, he's got that ceiling. He he could be the Yankees, Acuna, Soto, Tatis, you know, those young electric guys. Call him up early, and then if he if he produces, sign him immediately as possible, just like what the Braves are doing. That's the yeah. way you got to do it. Scratch their back, they'll scratch yours. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. This is the new look Yankees, man, and I'm excited for it. Okay. Let's see what we have okay. with them. You know, okay. let's be honest. The past two, three seasons, the catcher position really we could go back even further than that. The catcher position for the Yankees has been an automatic out. Yep. Let's see what Austin Wells has. It's not just about Dominguez; it's about him. Yeah. And not only um, that, but listen, I've been hearing about Dominguez. He's twenty years old. It seems like I've been hearing about this dude when I was still in high school. Yeah, we like, like 16, I, I feel like I feel like we've been old. hearing about Dominguez forever. So let's see yeah. what he's got, man. This is exciting. Yep. And next season, our outfield could be what? Stanton, Dominguez, Judge. I guess. Yeah. Or Pereira, I said Judge, but like we'll look past that. Um, whoever would play left field. Yeah, Pereira, whoever. And we'll uh, just see how it is, man. It's exciting. So I'm very curious to see how he does. Okay, and yeah. I, I want to add something about Austin Wells. Yeah, like. Jason is obviously the more, you know, electric type guy, Kona. But I feel like Austin Wells, if I think about him right, he's going to be the glue, man. This guy, he helped fix Volpe's swing, the whole chicken parm dinner thing. <laughs> I, I I get huge leadership vibes right there. Huge, you know, cornerstone type vibes from Austin Wells. Some some Posada type stuff, you know. So, hey, mm. we'll see what happens. I, I'm really excited, man. This is what Yankee fans have been calling for. I've been saying call up Jason since he was 18 years old. This is two years in the making for him. I, I just love the kids so much. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Mm, boy, well, I bet you're excited to see him when you get to Yankee Stadium, Nick. What's up? So I can tell you. I can tell you're excited for him. Oh, uh, dude, he's even Yankees bias aside. He is one of my favorite prospects. He's just yeah, no, he's I, sick, dude. Yeah, I for the whole season I've I've heard this guy's name. Um, especially yeah, probably definitely since senior year of high school. He's been. It's been around forever. Like, um, what about I'm, I'm, guy, um, how is he the number two prospect though? What's what's up with this guy, Spencer, Spencer Jones? Jones is, he's been raking apparently in single A and double A. He's just been killing it. Big lefty. He's the lefty Aaron Judge. Everyone's saying. So we'll mm. see what's up with him. But he's got a lot of pop, a lot of power. I think he's got good contact and I think speed maybe too. I got to brush up on him a little bit more again. But yeah, I mean it's exciting. Yankees got you know. If things keep going this direction, we might even see Jones up in AAA, maybe majors next this time next year. So the outfield like we're talking about could be Judge, Dominguez, and Jones. That could be all homegrown talents right there. Can't yeah. go wrong with that. So we'll see what they do. Okay. Yeah. And you said Spencer Jones lefty. Austin Wells also a lefty. And about if I may be mistaken, but is Dominguez a switch hitter? He's a switch hitter. Okay. So, so we've been we asking got, for left-handed bats, bro. Come on. Yeah, Come on. That short punch off. is there for a reason, man. Exactly. That short yeah, punch has made a lot of guys a lot of money. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that lineup's yeah. got a lot of versatility now if things go well. So next it's exciting, season, man. Next season, a non-brain-damaged Anthony Rizzo, right? Exactly. Yeah, DJ LeMay, who's been playing this. Yeah, DJ's been heating up. You know, 
him and Sean Casey, Sean Casey. Yeah, man. Sean Casey and him have been really connecting. So hopefully that spreads out to the clubhouse. And, you know, this is an extended spring training for these guys. So maybe 2024 is just better vibes all around. So hopefully that's the case. Yeah, maybe. Maybe same thing with the Mets. This is 2023, which was just not the year. You know how they say it just wasn't the day or it just it just wasn't the year? That's the that's the case with the Mets and the Yankees. That's for sure. You know, um, it just wasn't a new year. And so hopefully to, there's a lot of hopes for 2024 and even 2025. We'll see. I mean, we'll get to the Mets in a second. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of the best things about baseball is that it's cool to see, you know, young prospects, like, develop and rise up throughout the farm system within the organization. And then when they finally come up to the team and they contribute the way, like, a Ronald Acuna can do or an Aaron Judge or even a Pete Alonso, it's – one of the best feelings ever, even a Mike Trout. Like I remember when he came up, it was insane. Even Bryce Harper, you know what I mean? Yeah. Players like this, you know, I mean, it just, you know, it's, it's different from football and, and basketball. Um, Even actually, I feel like hockey is the same way a little bit. I mean, you guys could tell me, but you know what I mean? I just, it's a great feeling when, you know, a young prospect comes up and then when they contribute, it's, it's the best thing. Cause and it also shows that the organization knows how to develop talent from within instead of going out and buying it. And Dennis, I know you got, looks like you got something to say. Yeah. What I was about to say is, I mean, basically the whole baseball world just kind of came to grind it to a halt with the news of Dominguez coming up this week and Austin Wells. And man, I, I kind of can't remember the last time the Yankees had a prospect like that. Yeah. Right? Like, people forget when Aaron Judge was first called up, he wasn't the guy. It was Greg Bird. Yeah. It was the guy that they were really talking about. Tyler Austin. And, um, Yes, him. I was about to say the dude who got punched by Joe Kelly. Really? Yeah, I was gonna... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, those, those two yeah, guys, gonna... they're expected to be big parts in Gary Sanchez. So they, yeah. they just and called up Judge for they just called up Judge they just, just called to call up, him up Judge or... just called up. He replaced A Rod. No one knew about yeah. how his success was going to be. He, he just seemed as like a very green project player, like an average player. Yeah, twenty sixteen, not he, average, he, but like a no first power. Yeah, you know they yeah. thought he was going to be like. A Kyle the, Schwarber type guy, you know. That's like, yeah. yeah like Kyle Schwarber is pretty good though, runs. right? Right. Yeah, he was kind of looked at as like a right-handed Kyle Schwarber, and his defense they were kind of sketchy about. It turns out that he's an excellent defender. Yeah, cool. but um, and an MVP. Yeah, level and then too. 2017, he just totally took off. So I'm glad to see how these prospects pan out. But also, this is the same management that did call up Greg Bird and Tyler Austin. And you know some of those other guys haven't panned out. Estevan Florial, Clint Frazier, Duhar, Clint Frazier. Oh, I know, so I we'll know Clint Frazier is a Yankee favorite. I know Tevi that. Garcia. Don't remind uh, me about Tevi Garcia. They, they yeah. ruined that boy kid's career. <laughs> and Seriously. the one thing I remember about Tyler Austin, I never forget. Is obviously yes that fight with Joe Kelly. I don't know if I was watching. I forgot what I was doing. I I remember a senior high school. I think I was watching the game, or I was doing something, and I saw right away on social media proof. Through a, through a friend about the fight and like right away I go to they're like heading into commercial break and I see Judge like moving with the fight <laughs> I just you know I just that's like because I just remember how crazy it was I don't know like I can't imagine yeah. being in the stance but and we're not advocating for violence remember that people Bannon Chan does not advocate for violence I just that's all I remember from Tyler Austin's that crazy incident at Fenway but uh now nah, to kind of bring back uh, Dennis's point though Jason Dominguez is the youngest Yankee to debut at his age, the youngest since Melky Cabrera in 2005. Wow. Yeah. 
Melky was know, 20. I don't know Cabrera was a Yankee. I don't know about yeah. that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Melky was I, I that's all I remember. He had some moments. He won a yeah. ring with us. Yeah, yep. Oh, 2009. He was on that team? He was on that team, yeah. I remember I remember him friend. from the Giants in 2012. That's <laughs> yeah. what I remember. Hard to forget. He had that monster season and he pissed hot for PEDs. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> He's the best. Melky Cabrera. Don't forget, guys. Melky Cabrera is the best baseball player on earth for three yeah. months. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's the youngest. That's the youngest since. So, you know, him and Cano, when they were coming up, those guys were awesome. Like like you said, they want a ring. So maybe this formula works again, hopefully. So we'll say. Yeah. Excited. All right. This, so, uh, this, oh, I'm sorry, Brent. I was going to say, just one last thing on the Yankees. This did feel a lot like the 1995 season, where they oh, yeah. their season ended against the Mariners in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it's known for Don Manningly's last season, but kind of the calm before the storm that was the 90s Yankees dynasty. So I'm excited. I'm really yeah. excited about this year to see what we have. So Me too. I can't wait, man. Right. Um, are we going to be saying this next year too? Or – this feels like not. a 95 season, you know. I hope not. I hope it's a 96 yeah. season. And we, nah, seriously. You know, we're down 0-2 to the Braves and then beat them four straight times and then beat them, sweep them in another World Series. Oh, yeah, so. thank you. I thank you guys for that. You know, it's definitely well-deserved. I mean, no problem, you know, this, buddy. Yeah. No problem. So I give you guys credit for that. All right, now let's shift over gears from the Bronx to the Flushing. Now, the Mets and first baseman Pete Alonso have had extension talks, according to MLB.com's Mark Feinstein. Now, the two sides appear to have uh, differing ideas on the type of contract that the 28-year-old should command. Now, Bob Nightingale of USA Today reported also reported that um, on Sunday that the Mets are expected to trade Alonso after the 2023 campaign. And he also added that the franchise is open to moving any other player who is not under contract beyond 2024. Now, fellas, I have to ask now. Um, you know, obviously the Mets and them, they've had contract extension talks. The two seem to be far apart. What is a realistic contract you guys would be willing to give Pete Alonso if you guys, or if you were GM of the Mets? Seven years, 140. Really? 140. Okay. I like, I like that. 20 million a year. That's fair. Is yeah. it going to age well? Power sluggers rarely age well, but at the same time too, it's looking at the way the economics of the sport is going. 20 million, that shouldn't be a big deal long-term not only that what he means to the team dude like this is the Mets guy and buddy you're a Mets fan so maybe you'll back me up on this maybe not but anytime I go to City Field since he's gotten there I want to say about 30 percent of the jer- the shirts or jerseys there say Alonzo on it a lot of them you know and he kind of dethroned DeGrom who had that for a while that everybody was a DeGrom shirt jersey whatever Lindor has a lot too don't get me wrong but there's something different about a homegrown guy. And if you're listening to this program for a long time, you know how I felt about – I'm not going to get into it for 30 minutes again – about how the Mets just never had a guy outside of David Wright. And um, – oh, my God. What's his name? Ed Cranepool, right? The famous yeah, Tom Ed Cranepool. Tom LaGreca ran. Ed Cranepool and David Wright. That's your guys. That's your guys. Uh, no disrespect. David Wright is one of my all-time favorite players, even as a Yankee fan. But, I mean, those aren't exactly Hall of Famers. It's And then Alonzo might not get there either, but he is the second or third fastest player to 200 home runs ever. He won that yeah. 2019 Rookie of the Year. All-time, you know, home run leader for rookies. Broke Judge's record set in 2017. 
the guy's been a stud. They got to reward him for it. You can't nickel and dime now. If he wants to stay, even after this recent semi-fire sale, retool, whatever they're going to brand it as, I think they should pay up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with the years ballpark-wise. Like, you know, I don't see myself going over seven because, like you said, age and first power first baseman, it usually doesn't really end too well. Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pulos, Joey Votto, you know, just – you know, they hit the hit balls, but then the bad average is like 220, 230, whatever for years. It's like it's just it's just a former shell of himself. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, like 20, 25 mil per annual, six, seven years. I think that's a good ballpark right there. You know, it, it's a good deal for him because he's what? He's 30 now, right? 29, 30? 28. He's 28. 28. 28. 28. Okay, so, yeah, he's, he's right in the middle of his prime, man. You know, he's not getting that Tatis money, obviously. He's not getting that kind of deal, no way. So, I think like six, seven years, 20, 20 25 mil annually. I think that's a solid deal for an agent first baseman, for sure. Maybe 10 years, 200. So, like a little in between. Like probably that, but it's like not good at math here. Probably like fifteen ish a year, but that those years, ten years, yeah, that's that way. Is at least getting paid for longer. Brandon, you have a reaction? Is that breaking news? Yes, actually, we do have some. Um, well, actually, um, I do want to report some breaking news though. Um, according to some multiple reports, the Mets are finally calling up top prospect Ronnie Mauricio. He will join oh. the Mets roster and. It- that expands on Friday, September first. That is the, that is the breaking news, fellas. Mike drop. Finally, wow. the kid is called up. The kids are all right in New York. Wow, coming up. Mid Mets uh, segment too. So Brandon, it's breaking news. Your thoughts? Unless, of course, anybody else has anything on the Alonzo thing. I'm kind of done. We've, well, we've done the Alonzo yeah, thing a times. To wrap up, right to wrap up the Alonzo thing, I I like it. I feel like one of the things is that he might command money like Freddie Freeman's or Matt Olson's, where they have one hundred eighty million dollars. He might. I like the seven years, one forty. That's a great amount. I mean, shoot. I mean, offer to him right now. I mean, who would want to take one hundred forty million? You know, and I feel like seven years is good enough. Whether he wants to one eighty, who knows? I, I mean, the Mets shouldn't try to budge too much if they feel like they want to get some prospects. Sure. At the same time, it's hard to replace replica a guy that you know is a homegrown franchise player. You know, got to try to keep you know retain as much players as they can. People saying he's not the toxic guy in the clubhouse, even if it was toxic. So, I think they should try to keep Pete Alonso as much as they can. But who knows? I'm not the GM of the team, but but like I said, it would not be good if they got rid of Pete Alonso. And that's what I think. Um, but we'll see. I know they'll do what they think is best for the franchise. But now Ronnie Mauricio, now this is pretty big. Um, I have to say, so finally, he's been waiting to get called up. This is He's probably one of the last of the prospects to have gotten called up. I know that they've been waiting for him to get called up for a – he's been waiting for a long time. They said he was tired of being in AAA now. So to finally see him called up now, this is cool. Whether they're going to have him in the outfield or at shortstop. Now they can't have him at shortstop because Lindor is there. Maybe they move him out throughout the infield. We'll see what they do, but I think this is finally good that he's out there now. Finally, uh, try him out at second and trade Jeff McNeil. I'm saying a lot of right people saying trade Jeff McNeil. Why? Why though? I mean, Jeff McNeil's another Dude, homegrown guy. We did this, week and they already five. extended him though. <laughs> also, isn't he older? Isn't he 32, 31? Or am I bugging? 
Is he, or is he younger than that? McNeil? I thought, yeah, how old, how old is McNeil? McNeil's up there. He's, let me see. McNeil's definitely, I, I believe he's in his 30s. He is in his 30s. McNeil is currently, one second, he's 31. Control. Team control, you know how they get with that. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, obviously Lindor and Pete, I know they're a little bit younger than 31, but those are your two cornerstone guys. McNeil, yeah, I mean, I think he's expendable at that point. I mean, that's just the way it is. He's a great guy. Mets fans love him. It's like Bader. I mean, like, you know, Yankee fans love Bader, but, like, he just doesn't really fit the timeline of things right now with the new guys coming up, like Jason Dominguez, so maybe Mauricio now. It's kind of one of those guys with McNeil, you know. It's like, hey, you know, we're going a little different direction. We're going a younger direction here. And I think McNeil, I mean, he probably has some solid trade value too for the Mets. Get another prospect, pitching prospect maybe, hopefully. That hmm. could that could work for the Mets. We'll see. We'll see. Did you say another pitching prospect? From Neil? Yeah. Don't, don't, they need, don't, don't they need pitching? Mets need a lot. I mean, yeah. they do need a lot, but they don't. Uh, who knows? Uh, they, but they, they probably don't. They should. They should spend on free agency <laughs> if they could. But I mean, yeah, they, they desperately I like, need. I like McNeil. I mean, open. that's the thing that sucks. It's like I, I like McNeil. I don't really. I mean, I've liked him for a long time. I remember when they first called him up in 2018. He was a, a non-player, but he was hitting left and right, and that's what the Mets needed, and they still need. Is I mean, is. Players that can just hit for contact and just get on base. He's that guy. I feel bad. It's like they're loaded with infield infielders, but a little bit outfielders. So That's I mean, just the nature of the beast. Yeah. Like there's it's, only you, know, survival you only have fittest. nine spots. It's tough. Survival of the fittest. Hopefully but. some of these young guys are fit for you, huh? So what their third <laughs> base, uh, their infield long term could be what? Beatty. Lindor, McNeil slash Mauricio, Alonzo, Alvarez at catcher. Then left to right, it's what? You have Nemo. DJ Stewart has been doing all right for you guys, right? Yeah, DJ Stewart. He just got a walk off. Um, he just got a walk off hit by pitch for the Mets tonight. So you got, you got Nemo DJ there. Stewart, Rafael Ortega. Um, Marte, who's kind of been on the IL. I mean, that's what I, I was going to say. Marte's. Uh, Marte's the odd man out. They're not going to. Congrats to congrats to him. I, I would be shocked if they didn't trade him. Marte. Yeah, yeah, Marte's got to go. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the story. New era, that. new era of it's New York era, baseball. New era. Man. Yeah, yep. man. It's definitely been uh, it's been pretty interesting, to say the least. But I like the Ronnie Mauricio move. Who knows? I don't know. We'll see what they do with McNeil. I mean, glad to finally call him up. See what he got. I mean, and I guess fight it out in spring training next year. You know? Mm-hmm. We uh, we shall see. But next, um, apparently there were reports that Scherzer and Verlander had friction. Now, how, you know, apparently a Mike Poom of the New York Post reported he reported that Scherzer and Verlander had a strained relationship in Detroit and they worked toward harmony while together in New York. Now, let me just pull up, uh, pull it up real quick. Now, um, Puma also noted that Verlander contributed to the reported clubhouse issues. Now, 
This is what one source said. That One source said that Verlander was a diva, according to this man, causing Scherzer to gross uh, um, about his fellow three-time Cy Young Award winner. Verlander often complained about the Mets' analytics department, which he deemed inferior to the one that served him in Houston. Um, I don't know. Is he wrong, though? I mean, uh, yes, he won two championships, but he didn't win. Yeah, yeah, he won two championships in and five years them. with them. He has every right to say whatever he wants. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. The rings are heavy, man. And I think if I'm not mistaken, there were kind of reports about him being a little yeah. with uh, Houston last year. So yeah. I I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. Scherzer, when he was uh, back with Texas, I guess over the weekend or sometime last week, they asked him about what you just said, Brandon, and he said that him and Verlander have never been closer. And since right. coming yeah, they, back they did say with the Mets yeah. and I guess their maturity, they were much closer now. And he said that the locker room was the least of the issues. There were there was no real friction there with any of them. Right. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for thank you for bringing that up, Dennis. So uh, I don't. I honestly have no idea who to believe. Our players, listen, it's not what it used to be in sports. Players in the 21st century are not going to throw each other under the bus the way they used to, especially not in baseball. Back in the day, they were like middle school girls. Nowadays, they don't really get involved with it. So I don't know who to believe. But at the same time, too, if you go to the wrong guy and he has one, you know, how many of your coworkers do you get along with? If you go to the wrong guy and he unloads and says so and so's you know a jerk, this, that, the other, who knows? As for what he said about the analytics department, it's like, yeah, wow, somebody isn't as good as the best team in baseball. Who would have thought? And at the same right. time, too, if he's telling you to step it up and this is what works and this is what doesn't, figure it out. Yeah, yeah no matter no matter what, you know, I mean, it's even if you have issues within your workplace, no matter what, you gotta work. You know, you gotta do what's best for the work you too. Coworkers, you know, you, you can't pick your coworkers, but you know, you, you also you pick your job. So it's you gotta whether you're a pitcher for the Mets or you, you know, work in the jobs we do. You know, um, exactly. but um, but yeah. So um, it's good to see that. Obviously, they got closer while with the Mets. And uh, but yeah, uh, Nick, you want to add anything to it? Um. Yeah, I mean, maybe – I mean, look, I'm not a baseball player. I'm not the manager of the Mets. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. But, you know, the Mets were struggling heavily with, Scher- with Scherzer and Verlander both on the team. You know, maybe that whole connection that they had was, you know, that kind of shared trauma kind of bit. You know, it's like, hey, you know, like we're kind of the vets in the clubhouse here. Let's, you know, show this team how we've won. Scherzer's got a ring. Verlin has got two rings. So, you know, these obviously were teammates in Detroit together or whatever. So, a lot of maturity goes into those rings and stuff. So, and, you know, and they're both on solid teams now. So, I mean, they've, they obviously know what they're doing. I don't know. It, it, it's all it's all media friends at the end of the day, too. People looking for clicks and stuff. So, I mean. Right, yeah. We'll see. I really don't think it was too much into it. They both seem they're both grown adults. They're both grown men. I think I think everything's all right. Yeah, no, that's good to see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much drama could be spilled up more for the Mets than already needs to be. What happens has already happened. The season didn't work out. 
They got the prospects and are loading up for next year. This year wasn't the year. I don't think the media should try to stir the pot more on what they think was or was not. But hey, you know, I'm not in the clubhouse, but, you know, it, it's good to see that Scherzer and Verlander, they did kind of squash that, yeah, I mean, whatever you guys think, that's not the case. That wasn't the reason for the toxic clubhouse or whatever they like to call it. But, um, but yeah, no, so, um, you know, Scherzer's in, in Texas. Verlander's back in Houston. That's how, how it is, you know. Um, I know you got, did you see the Scherzer got some boos? From the the Mets fans when he pitched, that was ridiculous. That was so stupid. Like Scherzer wasn't that good for us, so I'm gonna boom. Guess what? If Scherzer doesn't go to the Mets, it completely delegitimizes the Cohen ownership. It does. You could argue, you could argue with me all day, and I'd be right. It doesn't matter. Like he was the first major before Max Scherzer went to the Mets. Who was the first major free agent signing they had? Who was the last major free agent signing they had? Oh, wait. Well, I mean, the trade for Lindor. I mean, I know it wasn't a it signing. Was a trade. It, was a, it was a trade. There was a trade. So I who think... was another guy? You want to go back to 07? I guess Mart- Pedro Martinez and Tom Glass. 07? Maybe. All right, who, maybe. Did they have, who did they have between then? You know <sighs> I mean, what I mean? Craig like, Trenton. that's what I'm getting at is like, boo Scherzer all you want, but he was. Listen, okay, he had one bad playoff start. And he didn't do good this year. He had that suspension, a Fugazi suspension, according to him. Right. If you want, like, I get it. Fans are a little the way they are, but at the same time, too, it's he should not be the one that you're booing. Why didn't you boo right. everybody not named Kodai Senga who pitches for you this year? Everybody sucked. No. Are you gonna boo all of them? I don't think. I, I just. I don't sucks. think. No, right. I don't think he should have got booed. I just, but I also don't think he should have got a tribute video. I mean, look, I get it. He was because I don't think he played long enough for the Mets. Consider like, like even a Water Escobar. I don't. I feel like everybody's getting a tribute video. What's up with this? Next thing you know, I'm gonna get a tribute video for showing up to the games. Like, I'm just saying, no, nothing against Scherzer. He was great. I loved him on the Mets, and I saw a lot. I'm proud to say that I saw him pitch as a Met and a National too. Phenomenal career for our childhood. I just, I just think. It's a little. It was a little bit too much giving him a, a tribute video. The booze, yes, the booze were out of hand, but that's just how I feel. That I won't like quibble about. Uh, the, the the tribute videos are just ridiculous with teams now. Yeah, you I see know. It in I mean, basketball all the time, like, yeah. Jesus, this guy was on our team for like three days. What are we doing? You know? Dude, what the next time, the next time Harrison Bader comes to the Bronx every uniform, he's getting a tribute video. Like he's getting, he's getting something. Yeah, even Harrison right. Bader gets a tribute video. He, yeah, not even Josh Donaldson. Come on, now. That that's just the way sports is. Donaldson might even get one too at this point, man. I have no <laughs> idea. He might, he might get one too. It's it's all it's yeah. all good press, bad press. Joey Gallo uh, could have gotten one if he had any highlights with us. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we all know there weren't too many of those. Really, wow. But, really uh, game. That's a yeah, catching strays. Yeah. yeah Tribute videos don't bug me. It's just uh, the way it is these days. But the booing, yeah, booing's ridiculous, man. You don't boo a guy who gave you his service, you know, for he, he did so much half a season, that. you know. It's like whatever, like a season, whatever. It's just stop. Right. It's, it's how it's, it's how it is now. To wrap up the Mets, because I want to get into the uh, what happened. Uh, throughout the MLB, just real quick. Um, Edwin Diaz, his goal is now to return from his knee injury. He's now planning to try to return this MLB season. Now, after throwing his first bullpen session recently, he reportedly said he felt good in the session and he has sights on returning this season. 
Now, Diaz said, right now I'm feeling great. Now, my goal is to come back this season and throw one or two games or whatever. That's how I'm looking. In my workouts and everything, my goal is to come back as soon as I can. As of right now, we are on a positive note. Now, um, can Diaz make an appearance this season, or should the Mets keep him on the shelves until next next year? Keep him on the shelf the next season. And then, depend how the Mets uh, season begins next year, Mets fans are going to give me pitchforks and uh, torches here. Trade him. The Mets should trade Edwin Diaz next season if – Wow. Oh my God. All right. If, if there's still ready. building next there, that's, I'm, that's, I'm coming over next. I love you this. Better be ready. I can't believe this. When was, when was the last time I didn't have the hottest take on the episode? Has this ever yeah. happened? That is a pretty hot this. take. I'm not going to lie there. I love this. If, if, if the that Mets is, are rebuilt, like I they like said they were road. going to next year, they should trade Edwin Diaz. Look, Edwin Diaz is great for Queens. He's great for Flushing. He's, he's, he's great for the Mets. He's, he was legendary there. But man, he's, uh, you know, He's an agent all-star closer on a rebuilding team. That that just screams trade to me. I mean, I don't know. It, it really depends how the Mets season starts next year. If they're well, hot, he's, they're he's, great team, yeah. keep him. He signed uh, past 2024, though, so I don't know if he qualifies. He might not qualify. You does say he, that. Does, does he have a no-trade clause? That's a good question. That, that, that I, mean, I don't know. I'm just assuming he doesn't. But not that I know of. They should definitely trade him if they're in the – bottom of the NL East again next day. Yeah, I'm Nick, getting ready for that, that work. You say that, but I spent the first seven weeks of us doing the show, or ten weeks, whatever it was, before the trade deadline, flabbergasted and dumbfounded how David Bednar and Daniel Bard weren't traded from the Pirates and the Rockies, respectively. That That is also true. Uh, listen, I, I've been saying it for years, that a good closer on a bad team is the principal of a homeschool. I thought the Yankees should have traded Clay Holmes. They yeah. should always be the first ones to go just because of that commodity. That being said, for Edwin Diaz, I wouldn't do it because Stephen Cohen, Steve Cohen, whatever his name is, uh, has so <laughs> much money that they could just put together a team overnight. And that is still true. how they've bought prospects and whatnot. And I know people are going to say, well, this free agent class is weak, but it's strong in the areas the Mets need. There's some good starting pitching out there. Eduardo Rodriguez in particular. Aaron so, Nola, the Japanese pitcher. Yeah, no. right. Like, There's a lot of guys that they can go after to build a pitching rotation. And honestly, like, that's the first step in the right direction. They also really need to bolster the bullpen around Edwin, around Edwin Diaz. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think they're that far off. But I also understand your caveat of you saying if it's like this season – and they're out of it by the trade deadline. Because that I, said, I agree with you. Yes, because I remember what the Mets GM said. It was a two-year plan. It could be this season and next season. They plan on rebuilding. If that's the case, that's I'm just crazy. going by what I'm hearing. If that's the case, I think they might ship Edwin Diaz. And look, they can get a ransom. He's the when healthy, he's the best closer in the game. They can get a ransom for a closer, and I think the Mets. Like you said, Brandon, the Mets got a lot of places to fix. That's a good start right there. So, I mean, I look, know, if, 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 if they go crazy in free agency again this winter or whatever and they start off hot, different story. But if it's like this season again, they're fifth place, the Nationals are ahead of them, I think it's time to start to seriously consider trade Edwin Diaz. I will That's say, it. though, because bullpen is such a, a need for them, keeping Edwin Diaz instead of having an eight-person bullpen 
you can kind of get away and squeak on by with like a five man. That that is true, and that, that is, is well. very valuable, very valuable. So it would be interesting, but I love that trade Diaz. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so awesome. Uh, I don't know. I kind of saw. I don't know. It's Honestly, weird. I, give, I like it. I might give, it is weird. Yeah, and I, I might have to get ready with that pitchfork. I'm not gonna lie. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, don't we'll be see too that. emotionally attached know. to Edwin Diaz. You guys are trying to chase him out of the. We were trying to chase. Okay, we were, but then we signed him back. He and he he <sighs> loved the Mets that he automated. Hey, look, who are more harsh That's on? That's all their, he's got to do team? is show up. Who are more harsh on their teams? Mets or the Yankee on their players? Mets or the Yankee fans? Wait, what'd you say? Say who are more harsh on their players? The Mets or the Yankees? Oh, the Yankees, and it's pathetic. Right. And I yeah, so yeah, yeah. who you know, are you? Who are you to tell me who I can? Well, listen, listen. Hold on, we're, hold on. No. I am. I was. I went to a couple of Mets games in 2019. I was the biggest Edwin Diaz fan that side of the Mississippi, and I'm not even going to deny it. Listen, the second Jared Kelnick came up, Mets fans were had to be talked off. The freaking Verrazano Bridge. Okay. It was ridiculous. And I'm not going to let Met fans forget that Jared Kelnick hit one freaking hit and the whole world went on fire. And they're, oh, I can't believe we traded him for Robinson Cano with Edwin Diaz. Oh, I can't believe it. What has Jared Kelnick done since then? Except get hurt and have one week of looking excellent and then three weeks of looking borderline unplayable. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not going to let Mets fans forget it. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. They were. They booed the hell out of Diaz in 19. I remember all the videos of any time a pop fly, a moonshot was hit, he just instinctively points, and people would rip him for it, and people were saying that he was a waste. I remember going to – I have a cup, like one of the souvenir (laughs) cups, with Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz on that, and I remember friends of mine that were diehard Met fans saying, this is the biggest piece of trash souvenir cup I've ever gotten, reminding (laughs) us of the worst trade in Mets history. I remember not just one fan saying that, other fans agreeing with that. So I'm not – if people are going to be emotionally attached to Edwin Diaz now, oh, oh. Well, oh, to be fair, am I, we will we'll be wrong. He blew like 10 games that year. He blew 10 yes. games. But also, here's the thing. If he was bad what? in 19, bad in 20, and bad in 21. 21, he was average. He was – Average 20. in 21. Okay, fine. And then great in 23. Uh, great in and 22. Then, wouldn't, then, fans, yeah. wouldn't you instinctively think maybe that was just one really good year and that happened to her leave? And, and Timmy Trump There's so much going on with it. That it's Timmy just Trump like, kept how can playing on and there you like, go. I, I bought an Edwin Diaz jersey. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm not and, then, and then Timmy Trump kept playing on and there you go. The rest is history. There you go. And it's, you got the lights out Diaz and the whole Met Nation. Listen, no disrespect to Edwin Diaz. Dude's a stud. That's what that's my argument is Edwin Diaz has always been a stud. But what right. I am gonna say is like to, for people to be emotionally attached, like I really like that Diaz kid. It's like you I mean, did it. <laughs> you really did it. Well <laughs> like, to be fair, to be fair, so I, I guess to, to end to end the closing argument. No, you're not wrong. I mean, look, I I was one of those Diaz haters. I it was hard because look, come on, I've seen a lot of men misery and the games he was blowing. It was not easy. Listen. It was not easy. I'll I'll it, but hold on, hold on. But it takes, you know what? New York, and I know we all know it, it's a very hard market to play in. Whether you're the fans, whether you're the media, New York, it's – and like, like they always say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. So it took a while for Diaz to kind of warm into the New York groove. You know, back in the New York groove, they play sure. it every every yeah. end of every Mets win. There you go. That's here I go. Yeah. So 
you know, it took a while, and I'm glad to see that the Mets didn't give up on him right away. I remember in 2020, they were saying teams were ready to trade for him right away. Like, and the Mets, his value right. was like below zero, but the Mets still kept him. They didn't give up on him. And so, you know, to see where he was last year was amazing, amazing and astonishing, astonishing. Like, you know, maybe, you know, so I'm that's not trying all I got to say about that. On Edwin Diaz, and I get his 2020 is one of the best closer seasons ever. Certainly the best by a Met, and I get it. I get the love for Edwin Diaz. I just think that people need to calm down because <laughs> stop, you know, prisoner of the moment kind of thing. Right. It would be like if Josh Donaldson hit for the cycle tonight, and tomorrow the Yankees hit all of Yankee Stadium is Josh Donaldson merchandise. Do you know how mad I would be? <laughs> yeah, I'd be Josh 80 <laughs> times madder than I am about the Diaz stuff. I'd be, you guys were chasing him out of New York. Yeah. You know, like. So. I know. No, I know. I know. All right. I said my piece. <laughs> Nick, your thoughts. Are you good now, uh, Diaz? Yeah, but, you know, and uh, total hypothetical, but, you know, Diaz comes back next year. What if it's like 2019, 2021 again? You know, like what happens then? You know what I mean? It's just, right. Ugh. I know it's, it's, I, 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 Dennis, I gotta agree, man. I remember in 2019, all these Mets fans, it, it, they it wanted Diaz. They wanted Diaz out of New York. It was sad. And look, and look, and Brad, I know you said Yankee fans can't talk. Me and Dennis, we're not like that, though. We're not, we're not out here booing Aaron. No, I'm not saying that. Never happened. No, it, was, it was funny because when I was at the Yankee game last injury. week, like a week and a half ago, when I was against the Red Sox, that was a week and a half ago. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a week and a half ago. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I was talking. The one fan I was talking to is, like, oh yeah, Gleyber Torres. He's he's at the top of my list of Yankee players. I walk on, hits a home run. He's like, yeah, let's go. And he's like all hy- hyped up. He's like, I'm like, you like like you like Torres now? He's like, I said Torres Glaber. and he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, he's. Good. And then he made that error. Fair no, fair. I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's how it is with a player. Is players sometimes is a love hate relationship with with the fans. I mean, look, uh, but yeah, so. That's what I got to say about Diaz. Who knows? I mean, to end the argument, because I want to get into the MLBPA quick. Um, who knows? I wouldn't mind if I saw him a couple games. We'll see. Just to get him in a groove again. If he's ready to pitch, sure, go ahead. I mean, it sucks we couldn't have him the whole year, but that's what happens. That's just that's baseball. You know, I know Dennis, I, you know. But yeah. I wouldn't mind if I saw him in a couple games or two. We'll see. Yeah. I was laughing to answer the question that Brandon had asked initially that started this conversation. Yeah, if he's healthy, why not? At first, I was like, <laughs> no, you got to save him. But if it's naturally and they're not rushing him, then play him. But if you are rushing him to get back, I would disagree with that. Uh, mm. so. yeah. All right, all right, all right. Now, um, it's been a lot now around the majors. Man, it's crazy that we're talking about player safety and fan safety. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard, but two men yes, were arrested no. and charged with trespassing uh, and disturbing the peace after allegedly charging at Atlanta Braves outfield Ronald Acuna Jr. during Monday's game against the Colorado Rockies at Coors Field. Now, I'm not laughing because of – because, I mean, it's it's not funny, but the, the way they were doing it and we'll be after before we show the video, it's, it's just comical because the people are crazy. It's just stupid. Um, now, this happened during the uh, seventh inning of the Braves' 14-4 win over the Rockies. Acuna was not hurt, though, but during the incident, uh, he was not hurt during the incident, and he tried to stay, he did try to stay in the rest of the game. 
and which he did. Acuna went, went four for five with a home run and a double and two stolen bases, adding on to his MVP caliber season. Now, after the Acuna incident um, and the shooting in Chicago's guaranteed rate field, the MLBPA is now stepping in and reviewing team and safety protocols at it, as it does every year to help prevent the possibility of similar future inc- uh, incidents. Now, as I read the rest of the statement from Evan Dralich of The Athletic, he relayed the statement saying, The Players Associations takes player safety very seriously. Following security incidents, including those on field, our director of security is in immediate contact with MLB security and local authorities where appropriate. In addition to our security experts, our PA player services st- st- uh, PA player service staff is in daily conduct with players, providing updates and relevant information. While details the details of the recent incidents in Chicago and Denver are still under investigation, we will be reviewing the club and stadium protocols currently in place as we do throughout every season to migrate the possibility of similar future incidents. Hold on a second. Um, so this video is courtesy of nine, uh, nine NBC news in Denver, Colorado. This is the video of, of, uh, the, the Acuna incident. It is courtesy of Bill Grossman. So, uh, now let's take a peek of the video. So yes, um, before we dive into it, I'll repeat it again. This video is courtesy of 9NBC News in Denver, Colorado. The video of Acuna is courtesy of Bill Grossman. And so, yeah. Um, <laughs> man, I, what the heck? I hate the shooting <laughs> stuff so much. Because so you want to hear why? It's like, the, it's you know what it is? Let me hear it. And everybody can relate to this. Man, woman, child. Everybody can relate to this. It's like the, people that run onto the field and do that kind of stuff, they're like the one girl in your elementary school class when everybody's singing uh-huh. happy birthday to little Johnny Rocket who goes <laughs> hard in the paint like she's getting an audition for freaking high school musical. It starts hard going full doggone VH1 <laughs> top 20 music video countdown hosted by Jim MTV Unplugged. And just ripping. You make it about you. Don't make it about you. It's like there's the two guys when Hank Aaron hit the home run and they, they ran on the field. We want to congratulate him. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You want to make it about you. And I hate that. <laughs> and a lot of times you don't see players get hurt, obviously. And that's awesome. That's awesome that they, they just want to give him a hug or something like that. I forget her selfie, whatever it was. They didn't hurt Acuna, and that's awesome. Good. Shouldn't have done it in the first place. 
Shouldn't yeah. have done in the first place. And listen, there was a time where this was kind of commonplace in baseball. There used to be Morgana the Kissing Bandit in the 70s and 80s. The blonde chick that would just run on and just kiss the players. Yeah. Different times. <laughs> and, yeah. like, I forgot about that. Wow. You, you, yeah, you make it about you. You make it about you. It's annoying. As for the shooting in the White Sox stadium, what are you doing? First yeah. and foremost, I'm I'm a big kahuna, so I think I could get away with saying this. You guys know me. I'm sitting down. I'm a big man. You guys know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big boy. I'm at 6'4", <laughs> not more than 200 pounds. So <laughs> I could get away with saying, what kind of mutant do you have to be to bring a gun, a gun, a firearm into a stadium? And the way, did you hear the way she brought it in? No, she, brought uh, it through, she brought it in. She hid it in her belly fat. Ew. What? <laughs> what a freaking derange. No. No. That's the report. I'm not coming up with that. That's the report. That's how oh she got God. it in. That's ridiculous. That's how yeah, she got it in. What kind so of you do you have to that, be to do that? <laughs> that this yeah, I, this no. happened with it inside this happened inside the stadium, correct? Yes. Oh, my and God. nobody got killed. Nobody got really hurt or whatever. She shot herself. Yeah. I guys. Guys. I don't know guys. what's going on with the White Sox, but remember earlier this season, there was that huge fight in the stands, too? Yep. What There's a lot, yeah. is going on at Guaranteed Raid Field? <laughs> that's crazy, though. That, that's not That's like, not right, though. I don't know. All like, jokes that's, aside, you know. the Acuna thing, that was kind of resolved quickly. I saw John Boy Media did like a video. He was breaking down like the shooting to get it, you know, to like breaking it down. And dude, you you can't even like really notice anybody get shot. It was like the weirdest thing. Like nobody got killed. Nobody got, it just grazed somebody's leg. He bolt grazed somebody's leg. So a bunch of people are sitting around like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And somebody got, the lady I think shot herself in the foot on accident in the leg. That's, that's crazy. It's uh, bizarre. Yeah. It is so bizarre. And listen, a lot of these stadiums, events, and whatnot, you just kind of go through the metal detector. But there have been times that I didn't even have to do that at games. So yeah. I remember Brandon, buddy. Yeah. Last year we went to Rays Yankees. You know where I'm going with this. A I know where you're going. I know metal. where you're going. He had metal. He had metal shears in his hand. He's giving his buddy a haircut. He has the slack yeah. on him and everything. That game was. And that they're bringing him out. They, that, that game was out of its mind. That game and was out of its mind. They bring the kid out. Security carries this kid out, and then he comes back, and he just said, they just wanted me to know how I got it through security. It's like probably the same person that didn't even have me go through a metal detector at this very game. Yeah, honestly, it was... like It's uh, just some of the security at, at Yankee Stadium, at other places. <laughs> the Long Island Ducks, just letting you guys know, shit, I have my quack room. The Long Island Ducks, <laughs> they don't even have metal detectors. They don't yeah, have any no. security. Oh, that's, yeah, that's not good. None. Zero. Yeah, that, that, that Yankee Rays game Zero. that was that game was insane too. There was a big uh, there was a big brawl there too, Dennis. That yeah, was two insane. guys, and two guys got into it. No, but those yeah, were two guys. The White Sox though. fight from earlier this year, it was like seven or eight people. It was huge. It was like two there was a lot of people in that. That that was only that fight. That was a big fight though. And I remember you oh, said it called Ben because Ben Attendee got a triple off of that. I know you said yes. That. There yes, I remember that. If if anybody is watching or listening to this, just look up 
when Andrew Benatendi got a triple against the Rays, and you'll find it. The center fielder for the Rays got distracted by the fight and dropped the ball. Top tier. Is that it? I didn't know that. Is that that's what happened? Yeah. Because while that was happening, I heard the crack of the bat. So me being a, a fan, I look right over to the ball to see what happened. And that's what happened. The guy, he was tracking the ball down. He saw the fight. I saw his head see the fight, and he slowed down, and he dropped the ball. It's great. It's a great highlight. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I just remember, remember with the, the haircut. It was the most bizarre thing I've I've ever seen. It was it's just out of the order. It was the most probably, like, I'm a random guy. That was probably the most random thing I've ever seen in my life. I never would have pictured I'm going to a Yankee game. I'm seeing a haircut right in, on the right of me. My, I might as well get a, a skin fade while I'm at it. You know, I mean, it's probably cheaper than. <laughs> That's what I got today. All right, I love my barbers. Shout out to Damon and Steven and David at uh, Mr. Proper and over in uh, Beth Page or Seaford, whatever it is. But either way, you know, it's just not going to a baseball game and expecting the haircut. But yeah, to, yeah. to your point though, I mean, you know, uh, which leads into the question: um, Has safety been a, a, a raise a concern now in the MLB and? You know what could they do, honestly, if we, you know, if we were in charge. Uh, I mean, look, you can't go wrong with more security. I mean, look, what we were just talking about is insane. This girl is has a Glock nineteen up her fupa. Like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> like, 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 what are we doing? Like, why you're going to a baseball game? <laughs> this isn't this isn't Rust and MW two. Like, I mean, like, yeah, no, I mean, why, I get it. Yeah, why, oh why, why, why are you bringing straps to a baseball game? Oh uh, yeah, you, honestly, there, there's legit psychopaths out there just walking around in the streets. It's ridiculous. So when it comes to a public setting like that, baseball games. You can't grow more security, more metal detectors, dude. You can't, you can't be bringing a strap to a baseball that's game. Crazy. Come on. The thing is, that's if insane. that's true, Dennis, was she bringing in under that, her belly? That's what right? I read. It could be wrong, but that's what I read everywhere, I read, and I haven't seen anybody. Ball sack sports. <laughs> no, dude, it was a it was a real report. Yeah. I, I believe. If I'm it. wrong. If I'm wrong, it's going to be the most embarrassing moment of my life. Yeah. But if I don't. Think <laughs> no, White Sox. I mean, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, but like. Sad part is, I believe it. I, I believe it. People are nuts. First thing I see, White Sox shooting, and then the first response, you want to see what it is? Belly fat. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. People are nuts, man. It's We need more security at ball games and other public places. It's ridiculous, so dude. People it, are nuts. I will say, according to CBS Chicago, the attorney of the woman shot at the White Sox game denies bringing in the gun having anything to do with the discharge. So maybe that's what's incorrect. Maybe okay. she didn't. It wasn't her who brought it in. Maybe somebody else. But per People Magazine, per People Magazine, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's insane. Yeah. And I also WTTW News. Not sure. Oh, it looks like PBS PBS logo. PBS. So, Herald Sun, New York Post. Yeah, yeah so, fan sided. Okay. I mean, it's it seems. USA Today, it seems pretty legit. Yeah, Dude, that's yeah a lot of sources there. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's moving on. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, um, but yeah, definitely, they definitely should raise more concerns um, about player safety. I mean, I, I don't know how people are doing it. It's like, uh, it's, it's it's insane. I, I don't know. I don't know how these people are sneaking in, finding ways to get in. It, it, it just, it, security needs to be more tight, I guess. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. They have these. How did it get in through these metal detectors? I mean, was the belly fat covering these Glocks? You know what I mean? Like, like I'm just saying, how, how is this happening? Like, 
if that's true, then there's there's something going on. There's something's wrong. But hopefully, the MLB, this the MLBPA steps up. Hopefully, they you know try to fix more of the safety. Or the fans, the fans have run into the field for the Acuna incident. I mean, my God, it's just what these people got nothing better to do. Yeah. Like, come on, like leave the guy alone. Enjoy your pe- like. I'm sure you could find ways to meet. Well, don't stalk these people, but like, just leave this, leave these people be. Come on, like this guy's playing. That's literally good that he got disturbing the peace charge. Because come on, you're disturbing everybody's night. You're disturbing Acuna's night, disturbing the pitcher's night, the fans' night because they spend money to watch these players. Like, don't run onto the field. No one knows who you are. You could be a psychopath for God's sake. Like. It just it's just not needed. Stop making it about you. Like Dennis said. Credit to that. And like just I don't know. Cause those fans are just insane. It's like 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 jumping over the security trying to get through. Like, are you okay? Jesus. And like I remember one time when I went to my first ever jet game, I remember we saw I remember <laughs> I was ten years old. I remember it's when the Jets be Houston. Shout out to that. Uh, shout out to Josh if he's ever listening. Um, but I remember it was like in the third quarter. The Jets were up by like 10. And there was a fan that ran onto the field. I had no clue what was going on. I thought it was part of the game. Like, I thought it was part of the act. That's like that's why I just think it's funny. I had no clue what it, what, what was going on. We we were high up. So we kind of had like a good view of, of what was going on. <laughs> and you can see it on TV too. One day I'll find it and I'll show you guys. Because you see the fan running onto the TV. And the next play, I remember San Antonio home scored a touchdown. I remember the very the very next play. So maybe that was good luck for the, you know, not advocating for that. But I just, that's what I just remember. That was my moment with that. With that. And, um, yeah, that's my rant on that. That's my rant on that. Yeah. You know? Now Angels talk, right? Now Angels talk real quick. I'm going to wrap this up because I know Nick has to go real quick. Right, Nick? Yes, sir. Sadly. Yes, but- yes don't worry. We also got to talk um, about Otani too. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, that'll be, that'll be part of it. You know, we'll, we'll bring that part of the Otani talks. Now, as of recently, the Angels have the Los Angeles Angels have sent five Angels packing on waivers as they put, sent Lucas Giolito, Randall Grichik, Hunter Renthro, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore on waivers. Now it's crazy to see Grichik, Renthro, and Lopez go after they were they were just added during the August first trade deadline. It's not even September yet. The Angels would wound up going seven and eighteen during the past month, and any of these five players can now be claimed off of waivers. Now I have to ask now, um, you know, why did the Angels make this move? Like, was did, did they give up that easily, or what? What does this move say about the Angels, the state of the Angels right now? Nick, you want to go? Yeah. So I heard the news while I was at work. I was just getting the Twitter updates, and I was like, "What the?" hell is going on in Los Angeles? And I'm like, they just traded for all these guys. And I believe some of them, one of the relievers, is still under contract. So I was like, I was just super confused by them. Like, I've never really seen anything like this before. You know, they they bought to contend. I figured they'd at least hold on to them until the offseason, maybe make some trades, make some moves or whatever. So I was just super confused by it. But I could be totally off here. But the only reason why I think – I mean, there's definitely a few reasons why that they did this, but I think the main reason why 
is I don't know if they're just opening up the books or what for Otani for free agency this upcoming winter. I don't know. They're just trying to cut space, whatever. Just super confused. I've never really seen anything like this before. And obviously a few other teams were doing it. The White Sox of Clevenger, they did it. The Yankees, obviously, with Donaldson and uh, Bader. So I don't know if all these teams are just opening up the checkbooks or what, just getting ready for the Otani sweepstakes this winter. I don't know if that's what it is. That's the only thing I could really, really think of, but just weird, super weird. You trade for all these guys, and boom, you just drop them like flies. It's crazy. Yeah, so what it is is, first and foremost, they're not making the playoffs. They know they're not making the playoffs. So I guess they have a lot of young guys that they want to call up. That could be it. And also, they're in the highest tier for the competitive balance tax. If they're outside of that highest tier, Signing Shohei Otani goes from them getting a fourth round pick if an opposing team signs Shohei Otani to getting a second round pick. So that is quite the incentive. Gotcha. So if you cut that money and you know you're not going anywhere to begin with, that's a pretty good incentive for them to do it. So it is saving money, but also, like I just said, like there is a strategic value to it. Okay. I think the waiver system is pretty flawed in baseball that it doesn't recycle the order and it it seems fixed. Maybe I'm wrong. Every source I've saw said that that's the newest way to do it, that it's fixed. The the order is fixed. Hey man, we'll see, but I I don't know where these guys are going to wind up, but you know, teams like the Reds, like I said earlier, the teams like the Reds, the Marlins, the Cubs, the Red Sox, those teams that are, are trying to get into the playoffs, the Blue Jays, like they're salivating right now yep. at Lucas Giolito, <laughs> Harrison Bader. Like these, some of these dudes are like legit dudes. Ronaldo yeah. Lopez, what team doesn't need relievers this time of year? Good relievers. Giolito, the Giolito one shocks me. I know, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a good pitcher. I, that that shocks me. He's a very me. good pitcher. But at the same time, too, since he's gone to the Angels, he's been bad. Yeah. I, I, I get it from there, from there. Aspect. If I'm not going to re-sign the guy, and there's value in not re-signing him, so I can get Shohei Otani, like a good draft pick for that, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. And I'm curious to see where these guys wind up. But I'm telling you right now, the Reds are desperate for pitching, so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes there. I already said Bader to the Reds. I could see. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. Randall Grichik yeah. can kind of play anywhere. He's just that kind of dude. Good corner outfielder. Maybe the Marlins. My fish. Let's go. Nope. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I, I'm crazy to see, I mean, what happened to Shohei. I know, um, you know, I have to ask you, do you guys think it's time that they, they kind of put him on the shelves? I mean, is it time to end the show? Because, I mean, I feel like, because I was at the game on Sunday, and I feel like, it, you know, I met the Angels, and I feel like it was looking like it was, I don't know, he's for his UCL tear, it's, you know. Is it a good idea he's hitting? Because that's another I'm, thing. You know, no, go ahead. This is going to sound shocking. I'm not a doctor. But <laughs> what I will say is I don't know like how the UCL tear affects the swinging. I think that him and his camp have been very and, – and maybe it's on the Angels too. I've heard reports from both sides of it. Very reckless with his health. Yeah. Very reckless with his health. And I'm curious to see how that's going to play out in his free agency. If teams are going to 
demand he has less autonomy than he had with the Angels. And right. by the way, it, it, it's a UCL tear. Masahiro Tanaka pitched, what, three seasons with a, a torn UCL? So, like, it isn't the end of the world, but it, it sure as heck could get bad. So we'll see what happens with Otani, but I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to affect his the money he gets in the free agency. I, I don't know. But I yeah. definitely think that they need to consider that maybe moving forward, maybe you kind of um, delay his starting in the season. Maybe you start him yeah, as a starting pitcher. Maybe you start him in June instead of April, and you work yeah. him up that way. Maybe more outings out of the pen rather than starting games, some kind of balance that way. But I doubt they're going to do it because this is the same way other guys that are injury-prone should be handled, and it's not how they do it either. For years, I feel like Noah Syndergaard should have been would be one of the best closers in baseball if they just moved him to a closer. Guy gets hurt all the time. Even yeah, the same thing sucks. with Degrom. Yeah. I don't understand what goes on with the Rays, but freaking Cy Young would need Tommy John surgery if he was on that team. Their whole staff gets hurt, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know how it's going to affect teams. I don't know how the hitting affects it. I don't know. It, the whole thing is bizarre to me, but. I also wouldn't have had him pitch every five days. Because remember, when he first came into the league, I think it was once a week. Yeah, And it seems like it's a lot more common now, but I, I'm pretty sure it used to be once a week they would have him pitch. Yeah. So, we'll see. Right. Nick, anything to add? Uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched base on this. I think it was last episode, two episodes ago with Tony. Yeah, you that's know, crazy, if- you know. If we're if we're paying this guy six hundred million dollars, man, it's like you want to use him, you know? Like, God, you have him hitting every day, he's hitting nukes. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's having these UCL tears and stuff. You know, it's it's, it's a red flag, man. I mean, I I kind of like the idea of him, you know, potentially being a closer hitter. I mean, I think that could be great. You know, go to a you know, like the Dodgers are always stacked with pitching. Put him a closer. You know, like, you don't have to have him pitch every other day, whatever, bullpen roll, whatever it is. But, yeah, I think the Angels, obviously, you know, he's done pitching for this season. But might be tying up, start start resting him up, let him, you know, let him get his free agency. You don't want to risk anything more serious. Let him get his bag. He's earned it. He's two players in one. We'll see what happens. I mean, if if I'm giving this guy $600 I told Dennis this. I told you this, Brandon. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be a starting pitcher all the time, man. I think I want that. I'd rather get his 40 home runs, 100 RBIs, 290, 300 bat average for 150 whatever games. So we'll see what happens. Also, just one last point for this for my end. Um, yes. One of the crucial parts about coaching, management, whatever for sports is saving your player from themselves. How many times have you seen um, Shohei Otani swing the bat and immediately grab his back or wince or something like that? It's, dude, it's almost every game. Yep. They they really got to consider, bro. You already won the MVP. You're the first. You he's had an even ten wins above replacement this season. He was won the MVP. He's gonna get five hundred, six hundred million dollars. Maybe put him on a ten day IL. Yeah. But that would hurt ticket sales. Yeah. <laughs> so there's you that. You got to do it. Sometimes ethics comes over business. Some people don't think that, but I mean, you hope people could think that. But uh, but yeah. All right. Um, I guess that wraps up the show. 
I guess so. I don't have anything else, right? That's yeah. So now um, be sure to check out our revamped website at www.easternobserver.com for the latest news in the world of baseball and so much more. We thank you for joining us on another edition of Batten and Chatten. For my co-host Nicholas File and Dennis Tui and the entire Blackjack Media Group team, I'm Brandon Natale saying so long and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your night, rest of your week, and have a great Labor Day weekend. Go Jason Dominguez. Celebrate Labor Day weekend responsibly, folks. Yes, Uber too. If you guys yeah. don't, if you guys don't drink responsibly, drink Uber responsibly, and think of Uber too or Lyft. Yeah. And that's it.